Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Ready to go. Thanks to everyone who filled in while I was away uh, on holiday break. You cannot be replaced. Everybody did a good job. I also want to thank all of them for not doing too good of a job. <laughs> because having watched some of the shows, my job security is very, very safe. So I appreciate yes. that they did just yes. well enough at filling in for me during this time. And uh, it's great to be back. And thank you for holding everything well, down. I, I, and to our entire staff for holding it down also. I'm the one who's happy you're back. and uh, we, we You're the only one it. in here that's happy that I'm back, oh, by the way. Fair enough. Everyone uh, else is like, man, <laughs> you got to deal with this guy again. Got Matty Ice over here making the weird looks at me the whole time. Just angry he, that I'm back in studio. Matty really came out of his shell. Uh, we've got, um, while you're out, I'm saying, we, you've got Chad back in the chat. You can join us on YouTube and uh, streaming live at outkick.com and across the Outkick network and jam-packed with guests and reaction uh, and just uh, first-hand accounts of what happened last night with Monday Night Football and Bill's safety, Damar Hamlin, collapsing after uh, making a tackle and uh, T. Higgins going to the ground. They, he, uh, Hamlin gets up and then collapses roughly a second and a half, two seconds later. And we'll have Dr. David Chow, who is pro football doc on social media and uh, OutKick contributor. He joins us to give his contribution to the story and his overall analysis in real time from last night. Also, uh, a bit later this hour, Armando Salguero. We previewed this game with him uh, late last week. And this was the OutKick game of the week. He was there uh, in Cincy, and we will get his firsthand account to everything that went down. But first and foremost, Chad, when the, you can tell by the tone and the coverage and how fast you have the medical personnel around a player, how serious it is. And after the replay and the way he went down, you knew that this was more than just a traditional or typical injury to a player in the middle of the first quarter. There's not much that we can add to the conversation in terms of the reaction, the human reaction to it. I think everyone that talked about it last night on ESPN, everyone that tweeted about it uh, or posted anywhere on social media, all shared that similar human response to what was going on. It was horrific. I mean, you knew right away. It mm -hmm. was very, very bad. Um, I, I mean, it's it's not... And this is not being morbid, but you start immediately Googling, okay, what could this be? You know, you're looking at everything and you immediately fear the worst. And I think I was like, and I'm sure you were too, Hutton, just like everyone else in the immediate aftermath of it. Uh, I know recently you, at a Tennessee Titans game, you kind of talked to some people that would have been involved in this last night in yeah. terms of the mechanics of the game, which is obviously very secondary when all this is going on. Now, ESPN going to break and coming back and Joe Buck and Troy Aikman saying, there's nothing more to add. There's nothing more to say. There is no information at that yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, I could almost, having done games before, it sounded like a, a broadcast crew in, a, in an internal battle with their production truck saying, stop bringing it back to us. That we can't say anything else. Go to commercial. Go to anyone else. Then they go back to the studio and it's almost like, well, what do you want us to say? 
it, it was it was emotional. It was heart wrenching to watch. Uh, it was a complete surprise to everyone, ESPN included. This is not me being critical of them. Mm-hmm. This is not something that's happened uh, with this type of injury in a football game. It has happened in hockey before. We'll get into some some incidents of that a little bit later. But it's just, I mean, it's it's heartbreaking to watch. But Hutton, I'm also watching this, and I see the scene in the stadium and teams getting together to pray together around Hamlin. And I think in all of this, through the tragedy, you see a lot of the benefits of sport. It's an institution unlike really any other in our country that has this uniting ability around a tragedy like this. We saw it with his charity going from you know 2,500 to over four million currently in donations. And I think that part of it, I don't want to lose sight of that. It's really yeah. cool to see that that part of this also. And while we discuss the tragedy and give you updates from the family and give you updates on his condition right now as we get news, I do think it's important to also focus on the fact that this is something that has shown the best of us, that follow sports, that cover it, that watch it, that love it, that play it. When you watch that game last night, it really has shown the good side of everyone. Yeah, I mean, a sporting Most event is everyone. where you find people that don't care who they're sitting next to, right? Like, and that was the – and Bills fans typically have had the – in times of really bad situations, they will donate to other teams' charities. And in this case, it was everyone across the country uh, doing that for DeMar Hamlin, where his toy drive, his Community Foundation toy drive, which had a goal of $2,500 – uh, is now at 4.5 and counting, 4.5 million and counting. And, you know, it was in real time, you're watching it go from 250,000, 500,000, and still it continues to climb. It was under four uh, whenever we arrived at the studio earlier today. Now it's 4.5. It's, you're right, with, with all of those coming together, um, it, is, it is something that we should not forget. And, and we certainly are trying to keep tabs on all of the information that's coming out and in very small amounts on his condition. There is good news here where you have him um, stabilized in terms of his vital signs. That coming from the uh, marketing uh, team behind DeMar Hamlin and behind many of the, the foundations that he's a part of. And the press conferences and the statements from the family uh, earlier today Uh, From the DeMar Hamlin family, on behalf of our family, we want to express our sincere gratitude for the love and support shown to DeMar during this challenging time. We are deeply moved by the prayers, kind words, and donations from fans around the country. We also want to acknowledge the dedicated first responders and healthcare professionals at the University University of Cincinnati Medical Center who have provided exceptional care to DeMar. We feel so blessed to be a part of the Buffalo Bills organization and to have their support. We also want to thank Coach Taylor and the Bengals for everything they've done. Your generosity and compassion mean the world to us. Please keep DeMar in your prayers. We will release updates as soon as we have them. That from the Hamlin family earlier today. I think also you mentioned the two coaches involved here. True leadership from them in this whole time. I mean, in a very delicate situation, I thought Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott handled themselves and their teams and the entire situation with such class and and did so with a quiet strength about it while showing compassion. I thought they handled themselves very well. That entire stadium, Mm. if you put 65,000 people in any setting 
the thought is, you know, we at Outkick, we show all the fights that happen in stadiums and everything else, and it's fun to watch. And I immediately come away thinking, well, there's an idiot in every group. And there's always going to be something like this that happens when you combine that many people with alcohol and passion about sports and everything else. When that game was announced as over for the night, I'm thinking, please, God, don't boo if you're Cincinnati or if you're anyone. It was silent. Everyone was respectful. Everyone was respectful during that time. They would come back, have cameras on at Hutton, sound was up, and I didn't hear anyone saying anything negative or booing or doing anything of the sort. There were no idiots yeah. at the game last night. I, I just think it's so many parts of this story as we all continue to obviously think about DeMar Hamlin, his family, and pray for him and pray for recovery, I keep coming back to it's such a uniting factor that you can see something like that. I marveled at what was going on. We're going to talk to Armando Salguero, who was there. He can give us a firsthand account of what that press box was like when this was happening and what the stadium sounded like. But just watching it live as, the, as it went to break and came back and they were getting updates, I, I really thought it was Pretty miraculous to see the setting around that game. Yeah, and they have protocols. They have the best first responders uh, and for every area of the medical profession. They are there on site in case of emergency. And in many cases, we never, I mean, we've never seen anything like this. Um, but, I mean, you have, you have them there in a situation like this. And that's where, you know, the first responders there last night. And everything that took place in the moment with uh, CPR that happened immediately and the ability to get him oxygen and to make sure that he had a pulse before they took him off the field. I mean, that, that's, um, in a everyday walk of life, you're not getting that right. Like if mm -hmm. it, if it happens, it happens. And last night, the, it sounds crazy. The best possible situation, if you're going to have a medical alert incident is to be around the experts in that moment and how fast they can work and react and what they're trained to do in a life or death situation. And that's what this was. This went from, uh, is this player going to return to the game in just immediate split second reaction? There's someone down on the field to, this is way more serious than anyone thought or anyone has seen before in terms of a player collapsing on the field in real time while making a play. I think the first reaction for me was, get up, get up, get up, please stand up at some point to, I hope he's breathing because there's just no updates and there's so many medical personnel around him, you can't see a thing. And that, that was the, the scary part throughout the whole thing was there was no updates on whether, not even if he's moving, but is he breathing? Is there a pulse? What exactly is going on? There was so much confusion. That's why we're going to go to the experts to clear up possibly some of that confusion. And we start with pro football doc. Dr. David Chow, who joins us, uh, former uh, team doctor for the Chargers, now a contributor with uh, OutKick as well. Uh, Dr. Chow, good to uh, speak with you. Thank you for the time. Hope all is well. Um, Chad and I have been discussing uh, the medical issue and exactly what happened uh, with the, the cardiac arrest last night with DeMar Hamlin. What did you see in real time at, from what we were all able to see while watching Monday Night Football? Well, let me tell you, uh, you're, you're, I joined on and, and heard some of your stuff, and your commentary is already right on. You got a doctor right there next to you, Chad. I mean, yeah. he's no. done a pretty good uh, job there. Now, uh, here's the thing. When that happened, that was horrific looking, right? When, when, the, when the tackle happened at first, I was like, yeah, it's kind of routine tackle. 
And then you see he's down. I said, gee, what happened? Did I miss it? Did he his head? What happened? And they showed the replay of him standing up and then falling down. And I was like, that's clearly cardiac. And at the time, I had no idea all the CPR. But when all the thing came up about CPR and all this other stuff, it was very, very scary. It was not fun. It was not comfortable. And uh, so I just wanted to provide some people some things, some background information. And you're right. If you're going to collapse, unless you're in a hospital or in an emergency room, there's no better place than an NFL field. It's witnessed. People are there to help you immediately. There are up to two dozen medical professionals between both sidelines in a coordinated effort. You meet pregame to talk about it. The Bengals did a great job because they're responsible for the home field care. They drill for this in the preseason. You know, there's someone, emergency doctor who's in charge. There's someone starts CPR. Someone gets the spine board for compressions. You start the IV, the medications, the oxygen. Everyone has a task. And uh, I, I can't speak more highly than the great job that they did. And um, as scary as it looked, I'm I'm not trying to speculate on the injury of the young man or the whole deal. But, you know, just to give people some hope and some background and some framework of the incident i'm actually relatively fingers crossed keep the prayers coming optimistic that we hopefully will have a happy outcome is that just based on the the small updates that we've already received at this portion of the time that's elapsed since he collapsed and can you what is the medical term for what happened in real time and the the hit that caused this well I don't want to get too much into speculation, but certainly the temporarily the hit made sense. Mm. And most likely it was related to something called the cardiac contusion and a portion of what's called commotio cordis. Now, I'm not a, ortho, uh, a cardiologist, but as a head team physician, I talked to our primary care guys and, and so forth. And I talked to Dr. Grau, who's head of Ottawa Heart Institute about it as well. Commotion cordis is very rare. It's like a very unlucky hit to the wrong spot of the chest at the exact millisecond of the, I won't get into the EKG wave that sets it awry and causes the heart attack. The heart, not to stop moving, but to stop beating in a, in a way that can deliver blood. It's just fibrillating. It's not doing anything meaningful. And you need to do immediate CPR and the and the AED devices. Look, teams travel with the AED devices wherever they go. I mean, when we went, there was someone assigned to bring it on the airplane and on the buses. Okay, and so each sideline has one. And you know, uh, this the fibrillator and the quick action probably saved this young man's life in the, between the Bengals and the Bills. And it's kudos to them. And Look, uh, we've, I've come on the show and talked about it with you. It's a hard job. And, and the NFL sometimes wrongly and sometimes rightfully gets criticized for concussion protocol issues. But I think anyone who's criticized the NFL for concussion protocols should give kudos here to the way this emergency action plan worked out and, and what they did and how quickly and smoothly it really went. A, a horrifying situation, uh, making the best of it. I'm hoping expect for good news partly because I'm always an optimist, partly because I want to deliver good news, partly maybe because I want to speak good things into existence. But from a medical perspective, 
I was putting together for OutKick last night, and we do provide some updates at Sports Injury Central. No one's trying to get clicks here. We're just trying to provide some support from people that are hurting and, and very fearful. Um, the reasons for some potential optimism. Medical staff got there so quickly, all the things that were there. But also one sign that I you know, hope I wasn't reading too much in, into is the ambulance stopped in the tunnel and waited for mom, apparently. You don't do that if you're continuing chest compressions. You don't do that if the patient is unstable. And um, it was great to hear from the bills. And then, of course, everyone got worried because there was, quote, no update coming. And and I said on Twitter, and, and it had nothing to do with the football game, I said, I hope to God that they actually restart and play this game because I knew there was no possible way they could restart or finish this game without knowing DeMar Hamlin was okay. That wasn't happening. So if they restarted the game, that would be just, you know, that's like the thumbs up when you're going off on the spine board, right? If that happens, maybe you can restart the game. But so I was rooting for a restart of the game for that reason, meaning that they knew good news behind the scenes. And when it didn't happen, it was very worrisome. But when the Bills tweeted out, cardiac arrest, which is kind of what we thought. And his heart was restarted on the field. That gives me really good hope. Look, he's not out of the woods. He's still critical. The breathing tube to me is neutral. It's not bad news. That's what you do when you're in the ICU. You control their breathing. Okay. Uh, and because they got to him quickly, uh, God forbid, I really hope and expect that there's no brain damage, right? Because they got to him really quick. Um, and this commotional cortis is indeed deadly. Outkick listeners should not Google it. It's deadly because when it happens in an open field or when you get struck by a soccer ball or a lacrosse ball or, or kicked in, you know, unluckily, there aren't dozens of medical personnel around in an AED. I'm a huge advocate for having athletic trainers at all sporting events, high school and otherwise, with any chance of contact. A physician, if possible, but definitely an AED and not locked up in the school nurse's office. I mean, on the sideline, on the field, accessible. Um, and that's why you see it in airports and other things. Uh, those are things that can help make a difference there. And uh, it really meant a lot to me to see that Buffalo Bills tweet. Uh, I hope I'm not reading too much into it. And, and I'm not trying to speculate. I'm just trying to spread some uh, hope and uh, optimism in a tough situation. This is terrific analysis and exactly why we asked Dr. David Chow to join us here on Outkick 360. And, and doctor, I'm not asking you to speculate on this, but we heard it from DeMar Hamlin's family, thanking those first responders, thanking those medical professionals out there. I'm watching this. I'm a layman. I didn't go to medical school. I don't work in these high-pressure situations where you're out there trying to save a life, and I'm thinking that has got to be so difficult to keep your composure and do exactly what you need to do and do it quickly in a situation like that. You're a team doctor. Well, you had this job. What, what, what is the protocol when you run out onto the field and you see immediately that someone has suffered cardiac arrest and how quickly does everything need to happen, not just with a team physician, but all support personnel around them? Oh, you, you, you give the signal, you start CPR, it happens very, very quickly. And that's, that's the whole point of it. And look, uh, I don't know, I'm sure you guys didn't see it. When I went on Twitter 
live last night a little bit. I felt like I needed to because if it, this upset me this much, I mean, how much is upsetting the, the the regular viewer? And I wanted to provide some comfort and some background. And, uh, you know, in some ways, it's almost easier if you have a job to do. It's harder when you're watching. Uh, I didn't like it at all watching. And uh, we've had one time, uh, we never had this happen in my entire career, but there was a chain gang member, an older gentleman who collapsed on the sideline of a game. And we started some CPR type things. And um, I didn't get emotional because it was like, you got a job to do, right? And uh, and uh, thankfully he was fine too. But um, here, when you're just watching, you think about your your kids and whatever and, and the extended football family, it's very emotional. But let me tell you that it happens instantaneously and it happens multifaceted. This is why you drill for it in the preseason. You meet about it, uh, meet everyone ahead of time. Literally, one person is starting CPR, one person is signaling for the other team. The other team was already halfway out there. I saw the head athletic trainer who, who who's did a great job there for the Bengals as the home and host team already out there. And then here comes the paramedics. Here comes the emergency doctor onto the field. Here comes the medicine bag and cart, the IV supplies, the oxygen masks, the spine backboard, someone starting the IV. It literally is, it's complicated. I mean, it's like diagramming an NFL play. Everyone has a job to do and to do it immediately. And they really did it seamlessly. So, uh, and, and honestly, I really think they saved their life. And, and I'm glad that, uh, that so far, you know, fingers crossed, that we're in a good spot right now. We need to continue to get into even a better spot related to the breathing tube, but that's probably quote routine for someone who's in the ICU. And hopefully we'll see that removed later today or, or more likely tomorrow morning and uh, continue the to hear the trickle of, of good news. And uh, I, I hope that's what happens. But in the meantime, you know, I don't want to speculate on the specifics, but there are precedences. I mean, Christian Eriksson, the Swedish soccer player earlier this year, had a sudden cardiac arrest and the defibrillator saved him. That was a different situation. He didn't suffer a blow to the chest. And a lot of people point he'd never play again. And for OutKick, I wrote, well, if he has an ablation procedure, this, that, the other, he could play again. There's, there's possibilities. And he's back playing, thankfully, and healthy. And Christian, I think his name is, is Christian Pronger, a yep. hockey Chris player Pronger, in 1979. Yep. Chris Pronger, thank you, Chris Pronger. Uh, uh, he tweeted out that, you know, in, was it 1979? He had this commotio cordis. 1998. Weeks and, you know, dropped on the ice. 1998. Okay, thank you. I, I You know, <laughs> uh, but he went on to a 12-year hockey career after that. So, I'm not trying. No one's worried about football right now for this gentleman. Uh, no one's worried about the playoff scenarios and when you're going to make up this game. I get all that, but I'm just trying to provide some overall picture hope here. Uh, the most critical time on field was handled brilliantly, and you know we'll we'll see what happens. And and by the way, I did see a lot of people and friends and family asked me, and a lot of people on social media said. What took so long with the ambulance? Why the nine minutes of CPR? Why didn't you load them and go and sirens blaring? That's just not how it's done. It's safer on the field with dozens of medical personnel and equipment than it is in the back of a moving ambulance with two, maybe three people in the back, okay? And um, rule of thumb is you never transport someone unless you can stabilize them. Now, 
if you had no way to stabilize them, then get them in the ambulance and let's go, right? As fast as you can. But they had ways to stabilize them and they did stabilize them. And so it made sense to do the CPR there and then load him when he was stable in the ambulance. And I thought last night it was a great, great sign about it waiting in the in the tunnel for mom. Because if you're actively doing CPR and you're unstable, you're not waiting for mom. Dr. David Chow has been our guest. Great perspective, Doc. We appreciate you. He's pro football doc on socials. Great website there and great uh, contribution to outkick.com. Uh, as news progresses, if we learn more, we will be reaching out again. So we appreciate the time. Yeah, and you know, and I, and I appreciate you guys at Outkick reaching now, and I appreciate, quote, our fearless leader, Clay Travis, mm -hmm. because here's the thing. There was a time last night where I was like, I don't want to say anything. I'm not a cardiologist. I'm just an orthopedist. But then I thought, you know what? If, I, if we're doing injury analysis, no one else can say this stuff. And look, don't worry about the fear. I mean, you know, I didn't want to upset people by saying stuff, but there's ways to to jump in in a classy way, and, and I and I hope that that we did it. And uh, I have to thank you guys and, and Clay for you know teaching a little fearless and just do the right thing and and let it sort out. And hopefully we do, we're doing that here. Yeah, that's why we wanted you on to lead I the show. I feel better today. and more informed now, so we appreciate your analysis. We'll thank reach, you. Yeah, we'll we'll be chatting later this week for sure. Thank you, man. All right, there's uh, Dr. David Chow, the former uh, team doctor for the Chargers, now with uh, Pro Football Doc and Outkick.com. Coming up, Armando Salguero was there on the scene last night in Cincy covering this game for Outkick. We'll discuss the, the timeline, the reaction, what was going on in the press box, the information or lack thereof, and just the overall coverage of this because Armando's night ended with coverage from the hospital. That's next on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Armando Salguero joins us as we welcome you back to Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Great coverage and on-site coverage last night of the horrific uh, collapse and heart attack by Bill Safety, uh, Damar Hamlin, and then the coverage and the reaction in real time from everyone outside of the hospital there in, in Cincinnati. 
Armando, thank you for the time, man. And uh, you've, you've certainly put a great perspective on this from your va vantage point and your ability to have boots on the ground and report on this story for OutKick. How are you? I'm doing good. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on as always. And yeah, it's, uh, it, it's been a rough, it's been a rough, what, 18 hours or so. And obviously, um, Damar Hamlin and his family are in the thoughts and prayers of everyone around the NFL, including all 32 NFL teams who moments ago switched their Twitter profile photos to, you know, pray for Damar, number three in Bill's jersey. This includes teams that don't necessarily always like the Buffalo Bills, but this whole thing is, is just goes beyond rivalries and goes beyond football. This is life and death, gentlemen. Yes, uh, absolutely. And you, you could tell immediately that that was the case uh, within a matter of seconds, the, the urgency. And with that in mind, you know, there was a ton of criticism about the lack of news and reporting. But just to get from perspective on that, just from the, the, you know, the ESPN all the way down to just the reporters there on site, it's very rare that you have this happen in midfield. Normally, something would be on the sideline. There's a sideline reporter. It goes to the tunnel. Then you've got updates in real time. What was it like being in the press box and trying to find out information that no one had because all of the personnel, they're at midfield and not it's not taking place in earshot of anyone on the sideline? Right. So what normally happens, Jonathan, is when a player is injured in-game, uh, soon after that player is taken off the field, either walking off under his own power or by cart or in any manner that it happens, um, there's a call down protocol where the team who's, who that player belongs to finds out from its sideline representative what the deal is. And then if the team is a visiting team, that visiting team will call the home team so that the home public address announcer can, can report to the entire press box. It's thus and such injury and is thus and such status, questionable, out, doubtful, whatever. There was none of that uh, last night. Uh, there was no announcement of an injury other than for the fact that we all have eyes and we saw what was going on. And 32 ESPN television camera angles uh, were covering the whole thing in real time. It was frustrating, but I understand, hey, I don't want anyone to think that, that it was frustrating for a reporter or me personally. It's frustrating because we were unable to present you with information that might somehow make this situation make sense because if it's an ankle i honestly you know it, we don't find out until the next day we're good but this kid was not breathing on his own his heart was not beating regularly and we all saw you know i have binoculars that I bring to every game for eight minutes, they were doing exigent measures to bring his heartbeat back to normal. 
eight minutes of CPR. There was a, you know, they, they brought out the, the, the paddles to, 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 to help them. You see that. And it's jarring, gentlemen. It really is. It is. I've never seen it in all of my years covering the NFL. I started covering the NFL in 1990. I hope I never see it again because that, that was chilling. Armando, it was jarring to me to see the reaction of the stadium and just how still everything felt on television. You were there. What was the scene like, not just in, in the press box, but looking out at the stadium in Cincinnati? I, I didn't see a lot of people sitting down or moving from their seat to go to the concession stand. It was very, very surreal watching it on TV. What was your interpretation of it? Numbed. The stadium was numbed. It was people standing there, not saying anything. These, you got to understand, Chad, uh, and I think we all do. These folks came out to have a good time. And some of them got well lathered up before the game. And some of them were getting that way during the game. And it was raucous and it was going to get rowdy and rowdier. And in one play, a hush fell upon that stadium and it lasted not for a little while. It lasted all the way up until the moment where the PA announcer told the crowd the game is, you know, canceled. The game is postponed. Not suspended because there was two announcements on that. The first announcement was temporarily suspended. And that's when the teams headed back to their locker room to figure things out. We're talking half an hour later. And this team, this whole situation was in stunned silence half an hour after the temporary, you know, suspension. And folks were still quiet. And that's when it was finally announced that the game was being canceled. Eventually people started leaving and, and, and going, you know, wherever it is that they needed to go. But it, it was, it, I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, don't want to relive that. What, describe the scene for us as you made your way to the hospital and the scene outside with the fans who made their way over there and the sentiment that you were able to uh, pick up on. So it was raining and it was a little, it wasn't super cold, but it was not warm. It was chilly. And in the rain that was steady and outside of a darkened hospital, you know, entrance area, because it's not like they've got a lot of street lights around there. I don't know why, but there was maybe 30 Bills and Bengals fans uh, milling about. There was a group over at a corner that was praying. I, I, I think you see that right now. In unison, they're wearing Bengals jerseys and Bills jerseys. Um, you know, I talked to this one young woman from Virginia Beach, Virginia, who had driven 11 hours to come see her team play in Cincinnati. Um, and I said to her, did you ever expect, you know, to to detour into a visit to the hospital during this trip. And why are you here? 
Uh, and she said, well, because we show up. We show up to the airport when the team wins. We show up to the airport when the team loses. We show up to home games. We show up to away games. We show up. These people matter to us. And it's not just because they play football. They matter to us as people. And I'm like, so I asked her, so are you hurting? And she said, yeah, we're hurting. We're not just hurting because, uh, you know, the Bills may have lost a good player. We're hurting because we don't know if this 24-year-old guy who is supposed to be at some point somebody's father, somebody's brother, somebody's uncle, somebody's cousin, somebody's son, we don't know if he's ever going to walk out of this hospital. And when you hear stuff like that and that sort of perspective, you understand why she had tears in her eyes. You understand why, you know, everyone around the NFL is jarred today. Uh, because that was the nightmare scenario for the NFL and any pro sports league to have an athlete fighting for his life during a sporting competition. Armando Salguero in Cincinnati last night when Bill Safety Damar Hamlin collapsed on the field. What Final minute here, uh, Armando. What is the latest from the NFL as of right now? Right. So the NFL has said that it will not reschedule this game for this week, but it holds back a right to, to make a decision on that later on. Week 18 goes forward as scheduled. So the Bills will play their game as scheduled. Supposedly, the Bengals will play their season finale as scheduled. And that's all that they are able to say right now, because like everyone else, they're waiting for results from the hospital and word from the hospital as to what exactly DeMar Hamlin is, is going through, where he's at, and where he's likely to end up. For the very latest coverage, head to OutKick, and uh, Armando's got you covered there with this story from last night and moving forward with every update that comes out. Armando, thank you for the perspective, man. Great job with this. All right, man. Thank you. Armando Salguero, our senior NFL writer and columnist for OutKick.com. So part of that NFL conference call last night, Troy Vincent was asked about the ESPN report during the broadcast about a five-minute break and then restarting the game. And basically said, I have no idea where they heard that. That wasn't coming from us. Joe Buck has a different side of the story that he's now come out and told. We'll get into that when we come back. This is Outkick 360. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Coming up, John McClain will join us. 
he uh, he's covered the league for nearly five decades, and we'll give perspective on last night's Monday Night Football game, uh, the pause of the game, and then the decision to postpone last night's Week 17 matchup. That's coming up in about 30 minutes. Chad, the coverage from ESPN, um, initially they discussed the five-minute warm-up period. That was very brief, but that was the initial report was that they were going to resume the game, and it would happen right after a five-minute warm-up on the field. Yeah, I remember it vividly because I was shocked when I heard that, and then they kind of showed the players stirring, but the moment that Joe Buck said it, Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor met with the officials. They both walked to midfield and started talking with the officials again, and that's when you started to see, okay, they're going to go to the locker room now, mm-hmm. and that wasn't going to happen. So Joe Buck said this on air. Well, if you remember, and you can read about it in Armando Salguero's story at OutKick.com, Troy Vincent in the league's conference call is claiming he has no idea where that came from because it did not come from the NFL. Well, Joe Buck told, uh, tells Andrew Marchand of the New York Post that, in fact, it was relayed to rules analyst John Perry, who was in direct communication with the league. ESPN has followed up Joe Buck's statement to the New York Post saying, quote, there was constant communication in real time between ESPN and league and game officials. As a result of that, we reported that we were told in the moment and immediately updated fans as new information was learned. This was an unprecedented, rapidly evolving circumstance. All night long, we refrained from speculation. This is... um as part of, obviously, a much bigger story with DeMar Hamlin's well-being, an interesting back-and-forth between a league and its media partner on this, where it looks like the NFL is trying to wash their hands up and say, I have no idea why they said that. And you have ESPN and Joe Buck saying, you told us that. That's why we reported it on air in the moment. Well, I'd li- I wish ESPN would get specific on who it was. The the NFL at every game. They just say the league. But, right. But they, they have a NFL observer who sits in the press box. They listen to the network broadcast. But what they're really doing is they are there in, in a time of emergency. It could be a, a medical emergency for a player like we saw last night. It could be a, a lightning delay a tornado that comes through the city at the exact time you're about to kick off. Uh, it could also be uh, what happened in Nashville a couple of weeks ago with the power outages and the surges. Those people are directly on the ground in direct communication in real time with Commissioner Roger Goodell, who is the only person, based on the bylaws of the league, he is the only person who can push back the time. He has to sign off on that of kickoff, resume the game in a situation like this, or postpone the game until further notice, which is what happened last night where they gave no update on what was to come, and they still haven't told us if the game is going to be resumed at any point and that Week 18 has not been postponed. Uh, That being said, the protocol for, let's say, uh, someone who has a, a... someone breaks their leg and which we have seen a couple of times in real time, aircast. After a certain amount of time without play on the field, the protocol would be for a five-minute warm-up prior to resuming play. And my guess is nothing nefarious is going on here. They're looking at the protocol, and that's what's on the protocol. There is nothing for what happened last night in a situation of cardiac arrest on the field, at midfield, while resuscitation and uh, oxygen is being administered. So 
you know, the teams got together as far and, and as long as it takes to get back to the press box with that, it was probably being discussed on the field. And that's why you saw, as Joe Buck is discussing it, the coaches coming together with the, the, the white hat, the lead official, um, who is there with the NFL observer in constant communication. They can speak in a situation like this on what the commissioner wants to do. I wonder how much of it in real time was happening so fast and how much the league, the league being Goodell, who, as you mentioned, is the only one with the power to sign off on big moves like that, but how much Roger Goodell is just reporting back, hey, here's the protocol, but if, they, if this is a situation where the teams are uncomfortable playing, we're not going to play. We're going to defer, and I'll make my decision based on what each coach says about their team. So in real time... Everyone could be telling the truth here and that Joe Buck is just repeating what Perry's telling him Mm -hmm. through the league observer there about this is the protocol. If that's who it was. And then they start to do it. And then that's when you see the two coaches come together with the lead official and they decide we're not going to do this. Our team doesn't want to play. They're emotionally wrecked after this. So we're going to go in the locker room and you guys can figure it out. All of those factors may be true and the league office in New York could have been relying on people on the ground as far as how they should proceed. Yeah, and they had to in that situation. Yes. The, the, the point person in communication and you know the, the fact that it's unprecedented, both sides are saying that in this regard. And it continues to be. And how we are reacting and, and observing this in real time uh, less than 24 hours later. We continue to do that as we kick off hour number two. The latest headlines there, plus John McCain. 